0: Welcome to the Burbs Minute Podcast, quite possibly the greatest Brother Theodore movie ever made. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Derikosch. And this week we're covering Minute 55 of the Burbs, which starts with Mark admiring a picture and ends with Art sitting up. This week we're, this week, this minute, we're joined by special guest BJ Cramp from the Rock and or Roll podcast.
1: Hello guys, thanks for having me.
0: We always got room for one more in the neighborhood, especially when things are starting to get crazy.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan of this movie. This is one of those movies that me and my dad and my brother will quote probably every time we're together one of us will <laughs> drop a line from this movie. It's definitely in the uh wheelhouse, you know. Yeah.
0: For a movie that's not super popular. It's not Back to the Future popular or anything like that. It's a little, you know, a couple runs below that, but it's not I wouldn't even call it quite a cult hit cuz it's not No. It's not that niche either. There's a lot of lines <laughs> that yeah. get thrown around from this movie. <laughs>
1: It's very it, it it nails a certain sense of humor I think that you know certain or, people really love it because it's it's yeah. just in a certain vein but and, I had a friend I had a friend who his girlfriend um she thought this was the funniest movie ever but she was kind of shy and uh she didn't like people to see her laughing uncontrollably yeah. and yet if you would quote this movie she would laugh uncontrollably so she would get really mad and uh, and then when he met me, he actually met he because I don't think he had ever seen it. And then it turns out that I could quote every line from the movie, and so I would just feed him lines, and he didn't even know what he was saying, you know. <laughs> so I could just feed him a random line, and then he would say it to her, and she would get really pissed.
0: He's just like, <laughs> "It came with the frame. What does that mean?"
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just say, "Say hey, say sardine." You know? it's like,
0: okay.
1: yeah, that's but, all you got to do.
0: <laughs> I, I think where the other problem is, if you don't, if you are not on the wavelength of this sense of humor. This movie is completely lost on you. Uh, definitely. Like yeah. I showed it to my wife, and it was an hour and a half of silence next to me. <laughs> yeah. and, like twenty minutes in, she was like, "I thought this was the Money Pit." I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. She stayed there the whole time. She didn't get up and walk away from me. Well, it was because we were like laying in bed, like just watching it, and you know, huh. now she's on her phone and she's like, <laughs> sure. and "I'm like, oh great." It was. Right I think we that's an. I broadcast. think you know, I'm trying to share something with her. <laughs> I
1: think that's another reason me and my dad and my brother loved it so much because we weren't expecting it to be so good, you know, or to be that funny. We didn't, probably didn't know what to expect, but, you know.
0: And it's – I mean, I guess if I, if I just – I'm wondering if I just read the script. If you just read the script, never saw the movie, didn't know who the actors were in it, I bet it's a very, like, ho-hum script. Like, ah, whatever.
1: <laughs> probably, yeah. But yeah. Like, you like you need these students. actors. Yeah. I think you need these people.
0: <laughs> yeah, these. And if I remember reading correctly – This movie was filmed during one of the writer strikes, so they couldn't make rewrites during the show. So if you needed to change a line or something, you were on your own. There was no writer to come in and do it. You just went ahead and
1: changed it yourself there?
0: Yeah, you just did it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Which can be great or terrible. Right. Because this (laughs) is the great version of it. I'll give you a terrible example. Um, The James Bond movie, Quantum of Solace. It was being filmed during a writer strike. Writer strike happened oh my god, it's a James Bond film, we need to rewrite it, and then they try to do it on their own. Oh, oh. And that's why that movie makes no sense. I mean, even less sense than the average James Bond movie. <laughs> yeah. for, for a James Bond movie, it doesn't make sense. Alright, so uh, this minute, we definitely do not exactly ease into this minute, because we're starting, <laughs> in the previous minute, Mark was starting to get into Hans's face yeah. and knocked over the picture. And this minute begins with him picking it up. And asking the uh, the immortal question, ah, pretty girl, friend of yours. (laughs) (laughs) No, it came with with the frame, Uh, which leads me to the question, who bought the picture? (laughs) Did they buy it when they came in? (laughs) Or is this left over from the naps?
1: (laughs) Probably (laughs) the the naps.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Are they looking at it like, man, that picture they have looks a lot like the naps' daughter. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which is that's such a poetic line the way it rhymes and it's yeah. just uh <laughs> it's great the way it's delivered
0: yeah. is um, uh, is great for not, way- yeah, not having much of a role uh the uh, courtney Gaines has some great lines in this and he actually has a lot of i hate to say it in a movie like this he actually has a lot of range in this movie yeah because sometimes he seems so stupid and so it, <laughs> like he's barely functioning but then there's a couple scenes one with the trash can and one that happens later He's very menacing. Yeah. We are like, oh, I know he's a skinny little weird bearded Eli Manning looking kind of guy, but, you know, <laughs> he's a little worrisome.
1: Yeah, um, I, love the, I love the part that already happened where the uh, Rump- Mrs. Rumpfield, she's bent over for some reason when he's at the door and she stands up and she sees him for the first time and she's <laughs> just like – he scares the shit over s- just the way he looks. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, he really does look ridiculous in this movie, and it's pretty yeah, just uh you know, it's a ridiculous character that he's playing, but I think he does it really well. It, it's it's really it's not campy, you know, it's
0: well, I mean, he yeah, totally, like, <laughs> he's totally committed to that to that bit. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. pulls it off. He definitely pulls it off. Another question is, so he says that he says came with the frame and then Mark mocks him and said back. yeah you
1: know? <laughs>
0: yeah right. so his mocking
1: accent is great too yeah. yeah which is like at
0: least the fifth or sixth like racist thing that's been said in this movie <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they yeah. keep calling him slavic which is not even like a thing it's slav and slavic is a language like it's a totally different thing <laughs> so they keep saying that he oh god what he said something else earlier too it was mark too said something else earlier there was like a real like head scratcher like what are you talking about
1: I can't remember what it was,
0: but I think I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to assume that, I I think I might have brought this up earlier, like Mark's father was probably in World War II, so, you know, he's probably got not a lot of love for the Eastern European accent.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, at least he's, what are you, a Catholic? Is that what you're talking about when he said that?
0: Oh, yeah, that might have been it. (laughs) I knew he said something else that was like really like, what? (laughs) And then finally, we get the real introduction of Uncle Ruben. Uh, in a movie full of great introductions I'm not sure if he gets he may not get the best one but he certainly gets the most like shocking one yeah he's He's got the weirdest
1: facial expression on too
0: oh I had that written down it just says that face (laughs) (laughs) which I would say is like man he really put on a face for that but you know as this is uh, the greatest brother theater movie ever made We'll get into a little of Brother Theodore's backstory here. If you've ever seen Brother Theodore doing any of his many stand-up appearances or his um talk show appearances, he basically is this guy. That's his face, huh? Yeah, Yeah, that is his face. He's a little more verbose on the talk shows. Like, he talks more, but he's basically this character. <laughs> so just imagine this guy who talked more, who's a little smarter, being on a, a talk show. <laughs> he was a pretty good time. So... If we go back to the, uh, you know, his early years, you know, started off, he was born in not a great time to be born in certain parts of the world. He was born in 1906 in Dusseldorf in the German Empire. Ooh. Yeah, right there. That's got to raise some red flags. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm going to read this straight off his thing. At age 32, under Nazi rule, he was imprisoned at the Dachau concentration camp until he signed over his family's fortune for one Reichsmark. Yeah, that's... Uh, that's not good. I would say that that's – unfortunately, that's like the best thing that can happen to you when the word Dachau is somehow connected <laughs> right. to your life. He got off easy. Yeah. yeah, so he basically signed over his family's fortune for $1. That's one Reich's mark. Okay. And then he was deported for chess hustling to from Switzerland. He went to Austria <laughs> where Albert Einstein, a family friend and alleged lover of his mother, helped him escape to the United States. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ends up he goes to America. I mean just some of his I'll just hit a couple of his career highlights. If anybody watched those, uh what is it? The is it the rankin' and oh god, who made the um uh, the Hobbit movies? It wasn't Rankin and Bass.
1: Yeah, yeah, Rankin and Bass. Yeah, yeah I, I just uh I did not know that that he was Gollum. That was, he was Gollum. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> We hates it! <laughs> he was, I remember yeah. his voice. Wow, that is his voice.
0: I mean, yeah. honestly, if I was going to say, what's there, a hundred characters in there? If I was like, which one do you think he is? I mean, you're like, is he an orc or is he Gollum? <laughs> He's got to be. <laughs> yeah. I
1: never knew that, though, until today when I was looking up
0: about him, that that oh, was um, him. Yeah, I knew that one. I didn't know the crazy Albert Einstein story.
1: No. <laughs> and did um, you say a lover of his mother, too?
0: Yes. Albert Einstein oh – well, listen, Albert Einstein apparently liked to throw it around. Yeah, I heard <laughs> that. <laughs> so apparently he got, uh, he got around with Brother Theodore. He, he was hanging out with Mother Theodore. <laughs> Wouldn't she be Mother Theodore? I just said that. <laughs> <what> he <laughs> so he was they, – they say he – they don't call him a standard comedian. They call him a monologuist, which I assume if that happened around today, you'd be called like an alt comedian. You'd be part of that crowd. Okay. You know, where you, if you don't like that type of comedy, it's the most boring thing ever. I've never seen any of his, like, that type of comedy. I've only seen him on the talk shows, and he's, I mean, he's hilarious in the talk shows. I've seen a couple of his Letterman's, and he just, he just gets Dave wrapped around in circles, just talking <laughs> all this crazy stuff that he does. That was, like, his comeback, because he'd been around in, like, the 50s and 60s, and kind of faded away, and then he came back, and in his bio, I mean, the burbs is just, like, one sentence, it's like... In 1989, he appeared in the Joe Dante comedy film, The Burbs. <laughs> as himself. <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. And he was,
1: like, he was in his 80s. I think he was in his 80s in this movie.
0: Yeah. Wow. Which is funny, because he looks old, but I would have never said he was in his 80s. Oh, was, yeah, right, right. He looks like a grumpy old 60, like a grumpy 60-year-old man. <laughs> yeah. His, I mean, just to let you know what kind of person he is, here's what his headstone reads. Known as Brother Theodore, solo performer, comedian, metaphysician, quote, As long as there's death, there is hope. (laughs) And then his page has, like, at least 25 quotes of his, and they're all crazy. All the great spiritual leaders are dead. Moses is dead. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. And I'm not feeling so hot myself. I hallucinate on tap water. (laughs) The only thing that keeps me alive is the hope of dying young. It's... it's, Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you don't know anything more about this guy except what you've seen in the burbs if you watch the burbs and you're like man this guy's crazy i need more of this guy well he didn't really make <laughs> any other movie appearances just seek out his on youtube there's there's got to be a thousand of them just seek out and get some more brother Theodore for yourself <laughs> he i mean it's a shame he wasn't born like 20 or 30 years later because he could have been pretty famous being super crazy yeah i'm looking at his film appearances i don't think anybody was seen any of his other movies I mean, unless you saw the Orson Welles movie, The Third Man. Wow. And he's only got a small part in that. Yeah, he's in The Third Man in 1949, and then he wow. was in The Burbs in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> so he just comedy for, like, stand-up for a living? Well, he I guess they call him a monologuist, which is like, it's stand-up comedy, but I guess it's like getting up there and basically you just ramble on. I'm trying it's to think of somebody who you can even, like, compare him to. Like, I don't want to say Andy Kaufman because he wasn't as wacky, I don't think is that but someone that like an alt comedian type thing like you don't do traditional stand up. Right. Like someone that Yeah, like
1: film. I I think it says on Wikipedia he was on the Merv Griffin show like 36 times. He yeah. just did a lot of that kind okay. of stuff.
0: Joey Bishop show, Merv Griffin, and then he goes away for a long time and then he's on Letterman. Uh looks like about 12 times from 82 to 89. Oh well. Wow. That's when Dave was still on his late show, the later show or whatever the it was a late night back then, right? Right, yeah. And he, he was on the radio a bunch of time, yeah. I, I have not gone deep enough into the Brother Theodore world. I must find more. <laughs> because I used to watch this – when I first used to watch The Burbs, like, not that I was a big fan of every single person in here, but you've seen them in something at least. Yeah, no, I haven't seen them yeah, And her. then there was him, and you're like, uh, who is this guy? Because <laughs> even the other two Klopaks I recognize from other movies – Right, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's been in movies and, like, even, like, Hans. You're like, oh, he's been in a bunch of stuff. And there was – like, I just thought they, like, found a guy on the street and put him in there. (laughs) Like, here's a crazy old man. We're going to put him in this movie. So – and he gets his – he gets introduced. He's like, it's my Uncle Ruben. And his first line is – what does he say? Uh, You're the one who lives next door.
1: Yeah. He doesn't have – (laughs) Yeah, that he fixates on
0: on Tom Hanks the entire time. (laughs) He's got his own weird theme music, too, when he pops on. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like a, a different, crazier version of the, um, regular Klopek thing. Yeah. But, uh, he kind of Yeah, he weirds out Tom Hanks, but, uh, Mark's having none of it.
1: Well, he goes, like, straight <laughs> on Tom Hanks. Like, he, he focuses in and just walks straight out to Tom Hanks.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, because he had seen him earlier. I mean, if you're taking the whole note thing into in the play here. Yeah. If he really thinks that Tom Hanks wrote the second note, the one that they throw over the fence? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that's why he walked right up to him.
1: You're the one who lives next door.
0: Yeah. Because they're gonna have a little little face to face, eh? What Rube? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this the four minutes we're doing this week and the ones we're doing next week, I mean, it is really as much as I love all the Clopex, it is really Bruce Dern is all on display. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's really pushing the action. <laughs> Like, everybody else is weirded out and really off their game. He's the only one that's still managing to act like a real a-hole. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. That's funny. Everybody else is so uncomfortable, and he just has no discomfort at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, just one, yeah. yeah. like he owns a place. Yeah. Well, when yeah. Art there, he's got to be the antagonist of stupid things. <laughs> all right. So that's about, like, the first half of the minute is all the inside Clopac stuff. And right. then just when you're like, well, at least nobody's doing anything dumber than what's going on here – we go to outside, and Art is going to go over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the scene, remember we talked about earlier, Ricky Butler's shirt, he has his red vest is now off, his red mesh shirt. It's just that Batman shirt. But it's not a Batman shirt, <laughs> I don't think. It's got, like, it kind of looks like one, but it says something on it. I can't quite read it. It's an odd bat symbol, yeah. I can't figure out what, what's going on with it. Yeah, right now, all the people from the Burbs neighborhood are screaming at me. I'm Sure. Accusing me of not doing any research, which is right. (laughs) Yeah, so he's going to go over the fence, and the Klopeks flat out have a tripwire on their fence. I mean, I know why they have it. Why would you have a tripwire on the top of the fence? Yeah, on the top of the fence that only leads into your neighbor's yard. Yeah. Not even on the front where, like, someone might actually climb over it to get into your yard. (laughs) Well, because they're crazy, and they're going over right where the owl is with no head. (laughs) Art I was just saying, <laughs> too. Yeah. And uh, Art is resplendent in one of his awesome outfits. This is actually the most toned down he's looked the whole movie. <laughs> what is
1: this ladder standing on?
0: Which, what do you mean when he puts it over? It yeah, looks – it's high up in the air. Well, what's he standing on? <laughs> yeah, he's sure. holding the ladder, and he's standing. So am I to believe that Art is standing on top of the fence on the other side? Right. After he stepped over to tripwire. Yeah, for some reason I find it hard to believe that Art has that amount of balance. <laughs> like, he can stand on top of? I guess I can't see their fence yet, but like a chain link fence. Can you imagine just trying to stand on top of it?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Especially well, that it's
1: head. a it's you know it's a good thing they don't telegraph this fall at all. You don't see it coming at all that he's oh, yeah. gonna
0: fall. <laughs> he starts. Saying, I got it. I got it. And he's putting the leg Whoa. up. <laughs>
1: Ricky <laughs> says, just be careful. It's pretty
0: dangerous with the tripwire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> was well, in case you didn't catch that tripwire yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for the advice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, yeah, he goes right on over. So that's basically the end of the minute is him hitting the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, again, they've accomplished a lot in this minute. Remember how they? we were told they were going to go over there and get everything sorted out? That's what the wives said. A yeah. little we didn't get much out of the wives this minute. I like
1: Rumsfeld slaps Uncle Ruben on the back and says, what do you say we have a little face-to-face, El Rube?
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> isn't that what you do with the neighbors that you have just met? <laughs> smack them on the shoulder. <laughs> and was Carol going to go get coffee in the, in the kitchen by herself when she says, let's get some coffee? Yeah, because then Hans jumps in and says that he's going to go it, get it. Yeah, he says, I'll
1: do it. Yeah, yeah, she's even telling him what to do, you know. She goes into the house and starts ordering him around.
0: Yeah. It's funny because she was – remember before they got over there when they had the little pre, uh, pre-Klopak pre meeting? She was hard-charging the boss, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. She has not got her footing back yet. Yeah. She's even freaked out. She's not as bad as Rumsfeld's wife, but she is definitely off her game.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's – they're all a little screwed up.
0: <laughs> it's like they haven't quite got used to the what's going on at the Klopak house yet.
1: I'm sorry, I'm wrong. They're not all screwed up. Rumsfeld is like he's at
0: home. He doesn't I know. Care. Well, Rumsfeld is in his element. He's like,
1: <laughs> well, what oh. Is a, Mrs. Rumsfeld says, like, oh, is this the dining room or something like that, and she just opens that door, and then Brother Theodore is just standing there as if his face was pressed against the door.
0: <laughs> like he was waiting for him. You think he was, like, standing there, like, I'm going to stand here till somebody opens this door and scare the crap out of him.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's not like he was approaching the door or walking by. He's just standing like something that only happens in a movie where someone's just standing menacingly behind something. <laughs> yeah. It's like But it's a, also
1: strange that she just walks in the house and is just opening sliding doors. I mean, why? Again. <laughs> it's the dining room and just starts opening the doors. Yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I, I, just through. I mean, this is the same group of people who not the day before broke into their neighbor's house and wandered around it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so and uh, got up on this house and looked around. Like, they've committed quite a bit of misdemeanors and possibly felonies over the last couple of days. <laughs> All right, so that got us to the end of the minute. Did we miss anything in that minute that anybody had to talk about? Well, in the beginning of the minute,
1: there's a picture behind them. I'm not sure what it is. Did you see the picture it's with the dog? It's a dog
0: with a bird in its mouth. It is a bird in its mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a hunting dog with, like, a pheasant or something in its mouth. <laughs> Again. I saw that too cuz at first I stopped it and I'm like god I hope that's not a bird in its mouth I hope it's something really weird I thought it was like <laughs> it
1: was something I couldn't figure
0: out what it was but it it looks just like the type of stuff you would see in somebody's house from like the 50s or 60s or something where they'd have it hanging up nobody knows who bought it it just yeah. is there it's just like it's like yeah we go to grandpa's house he's got all this weird crap hanging up <laughs> But yeah, it wasn't as crazy. I was hoping it would be like a human hand in there or something. No, I was hoping something. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's, I mean, I looked through a couple of these rooms. I mean, I think you see it more in the next minute where they give you like a shot of the whole room. Yeah. And it looks like whoever was the set decorator was like, just throw crap everywhere. Yeah, it's a lot of open boxes with stuff hanging out of it. Yeah, because we said they've been there over a month, but it looks like they moved in yesterday.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Now, saying that, I still have stuff in boxes from when I moved two houses ago.
1: I just moved on the <laughs> top of the attic and was done with it.
0: Yeah, okay, right? Someday I'm going to go through that box. Not today, though. I need a nap. All right. I don't have anything else. No, I'm good. Yeah, I think we covered it. <laughs> don't worry. We have, uh, we have plenty more of this scene to go on for the rest of the week. So, uh, so make sure you uh, go over to uh, check us out on the Facebook and Twitter. Go over to iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Uh, BJ, you want to pimp your projects? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I do a podcast called Rock and or Roll. That's just for people who are obsessed with rock and roll. Um, cover a lot of different topics up in 162 episodes, something like that. My latest episode is about hair metal. but uh, And before that, I did an episode called Freedom Rock, where I played all songs with freedom in the title <laughs> and used clips from that famous commercial that I'm sure you're both very familiar with. That, you know, hey, man, is that Freedom Rock, man? Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, up. we'll turn it up, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have, you know, I I did a whole series on Iron Maiden, one episode for every album. I do stuff like that. I do all kinds of stuff, but it's mainly for people who are obsessed with music. so
0: now I Now I know who to bring over when I'm trying to go on one of those trivia challenges, and I, I need someone that knows music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Music, like, I'm good at, like, pop culture, and I'm great at movies, and music is always my weak point.
1: Yeah, I'll be your phone a friend.
0: (laughs) Like, like, we're going to ask you about the 1971 album. Don't even bother. Don't even even go any further because I'm not going to know who it is. I'm also the person that listens. I can listen to a song on the radio a hundred times, never know who it is. And then one time (laughs) you'll be listening and they'll be like, that was the kinks. And you're like, I'm like, oh, how about that? (laughs) No idea. (laughs) Didn't know who that was for the last 25 years. All right, so also make sure you swing over to Movies by Minutes. Check out the other 175-minute uh, podcasts that are out there. That's I, think interesting. That, I think that's an accurate number, isn't it? There might be more than that. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, I'll just, I'll quickly run through the ones that are on the first line, the ones that are just in the top. That would be Star Wars Minute, Goodfellas Minute, A Talking Cast, Back to the Future Minute, Indiana Jones Minute, Wrath of Khan Minute. Wow. That's just the, the That was the first six. Yeah. And there's – how many lines is there? There's probably 20 lines. (laughs) It's best not to think about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Seeing nothing else, we will call it a minute. You know, you can put a picture of your family in there. Just keep the one that came with the frame. And uh, stay safe, neighbors. (laughs)